Tonight's show is being brought to you by Russell's Marina Grill. Hello and welcome to Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. Not just for Louisiana, but for the entire northern Gulf Coast. And now, introducing your host, Alan DeRitter. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the March 16th edition of Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. We always start off our show with a prayer. In the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, amen. Dear God, uh, uh, during this time of great humility, that we see that uh, despite all of the great machines we were able to make and our accomplishments of going to the moon, uh, still um, our world's been brought to its knees with something microscopic that's just taking the planet over. Pray that we'll be able to uh, really just acknowledge the fact that you are uh, the author of all life and that uh, without you, nothing can get done. And please help us as we go through this latest uh, crisis in the human race. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Amen. And y'all, look, I'm a student of history. And uh, this is probably going to go down in history as one of the more mild plagues to hit the world. Um, uh, if you don't believe me, just <laughs> look back at all the plagues, uh, uh and the Black Death, even uh, especially, um, and you'll see that uh, it looks like, thank, thanks to God, uh, God bless the people who have gone before us, who have died, and uh, the people who are sick. Right now, I'm, I'm, I'm teaching you right now in quarantine because I had a fever yesterday, and uh, and so I'm in, I'm kind of in the middle of it, not totally in the middle of it, but uh, but still, I think that uh, this uh, this episode we're going through. We could see benefits from it on the back end later on, uh, just like we did see it with Katrina, although going through it and going into it was no picnic and was not a very good time. You know, um, we're not promised um, perfection here on earth, and uh, but if we do trust God, I, I do believe that we'll be the better for it, um, no matter what the situation we're in. And y'all, look, uh, we have two guests on the show. First of all, we're going to have uh, President Sean Esker uh, talk to us about what the state is doing with COVID-19 and uh, to get to get really uh, everybody hearing it, all the coaching directors. And we've been given the ultimatum from LSA, but I really think all the parents and all the players who are listening uh, and all the coaches, too, who don't get these memos uh, get a chance to hear from, from the guy who's in charge what you can and cannot do now until April 13th. And uh, then we're going to talk to Coach Stuart Hayers uh, afterwards in the last segment. Man, what a great interview uh, that's going to be to listen to. One of the great personalities of soccer in, in Louisiana. And uh, a great story to go behind that. And uh, anyhow, we're just honored that we had both of these uh, very, very important people in Louisiana soccer on our show tonight. So we're going to break for a minute. And when we come back, we'll be talking with Coach Sean Esker on Monday Night Football. We'll see you uh, after we pay some bills. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. And uh, we're really pleased to have on the line with us once again, uh, the president of LSA, Sean Esker. Coach, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me again. Okay, instead of me reading the entire document, what exactly uh, is the essence of which I'll try to tell everybody today? Uh, LSA, what we sent out today is that we've extended the suspension of all LSA activities. 
through Monday, April 13th. Um, and that's in line with what just about everybody else uh, in our region has done and, and what the national groups have recommended. Again, just trying to do what um, what everybody's been, been hearing on the television. You know, try and do what we can to be responsible, stop the spread of the virus, and make sure that we're all able to come back on the other end healthy and pick things up whenever we're able to pick things up again. Okay, great. And um, what would you say to coaches who are going to ignore this, who shouldn't ignore this, and uh, start practicing anyway? Uh, well, I mean, it's one of those things where, you know, it's not just LSA saying this. You know, we've heard from people at all sorts of levels and people who are um, definitive experts in, in their field of what to do and what not to do. And, you know, I think just to reemphasize what we've seen it's not so much saying well i don't feel sick and these are kids and kids haven't been getting sick it's about what we don't know and we don't know if we're able to transmit the virus when we don't show any symptoms and so therefore we don't want to do the kind of things that put our people at risk for the virus but it's also about remembering one of the other things that has been shared with us is about the the strain on other resources and we people would get out there and practice or play games then you're always at risk for injuries and then you're talking about having to go to urgent care facilities and hospitals uh one that's not a place you want to be right now and two you don't want to be asking hospital staff to spend attention on someone who's injured himself or herself playing soccer when they should be hopefully taking care of people who have more immediate needs so you know for anyone who's thinking about doing something anyway you know, again it's just think of um the bigger picture here and that no trophy or or tournament is is worth what could be um at risk and people will always say you know yeah but the odds are this will turn out okay and yes the odds are that this will all turn out okay but you know those of us in louisiana know about all the days we always take off as precautions for hurricanes and tropical storms and for most of us, those do turn out okay. And we also know that sometimes it doesn't. So we're, we're taking the precautions and the steps that we need to do so that hopefully for most of us, if not all of us, it all turns out okay. Well, I'll tell you what, you got a fan here because when I got that memo, I almost like uh, wiped the sweat off my brow because <laughs> I wasn't going to have practice. And then I was going to have to deal with, well, why don't you have practice? And I was going to give them the same speech you did. But now you guys get to be the bad guys. <laughs> but well, I appreciate I mean, it. Yeah, and, and, you know, we'll hear that from people saying, well, you guys shut things down. And, you know, realize there's other people who shut it down. Some of the parks around here uh, where I live on the North Shore um, have shut things down. I know I heard from Chapapila and Coquille that they've shut down all programming, not just soccer, um, through the beginning of April. And so that's another thing. You know, it's not just us shutting things down. We heard from the governor today, uh, president, about all the other things they've had to say. So in the big scheme of things, you know, we're um, definitely in line with with everybody else. And as I said, it's just a matter of saying, you know, that we are a part of a, a bigger picture here. We're just trying to remember that part as opposed to just our little our little uh, fragment of it. Well, look, uh, looking at the memo that y'all put out is really not that much of a, uh, an adjustment for all the state championship tournaments and everything else. Just an adjustment for a couple of age groups, right? 
Um, well, that's assuming, you know, we're still hopeful that we'll be able to be back um, April 13th. Um, that's obviously a short turnaround for what would have been uh, Open Cup and Bob Abbott. Uh, hopefully, we'll still be able to um, put those out. We shifted the, the date for one of those. And then um, President's Cup and State Cup, as of now, remain unchanged. And again, we say as of now, because today is just March 16th. And, you know, you think about where we were on March 9th. I don't think anybody was predicting this would be the the way we'd spend um, no. Monday the a week from then, right? Right. So as of now is what we're doing, because we have been told from our um, higher ranking groups that the regional and national events are not going to be changed. They're just not something they can change. So we're attempting to keep things as consistent as possible with what we have advertised, but you know, we don't, um, we don't know how that's going to go in a little while. So as of right now, what we sent out today is, Hey, we're planning on keeping all this the same, assuming we're able to get back, uh, on the fields April 13th. then that's what we will try to do. If this turns out to be something that goes longer, then we'll revisit it. Or if, authorities higher up than we are issue directives that we have to comply with. Um, then we'll have to revisit that too. You know, right now, uh, president today was saying something about avoiding gatherings of 10 or more people. Um, I didn't hear what, how long that was that recommendation existed for, but I mean, clearly you can't have a soccer event if you're being no. told not to have a gathering of 10 or more people. <laughs> So, no. <laughs> um, those are just the kind of things that we can't, we can't know for sure right now. So we just wanted to tell, uh, our members, their families as much as we could, um, so that it wasn't just a, Hey, we're shutting things down for a little while. Uh, but we're trying to say, this is how we envision things going when we pick back up and we do anticipate picking back up, but it's just a matter of saying, you know, we're hopeful it'll be April 13th. We're, we're hopeful that this will um, these steps that everybody is taking will, as the, the experts keep talking about, flatten the curve and, and stop the spread. And then we'll be able to get back to um, getting together again on the field and uh, kick some balls around again and uh, let the kids do what they uh, what they enjoy doing. But we're not we're not there yet. Well, I think this is all common sense, too, which a lot of us have lacked but, you know, and so I think this is good. I'm kind of surprised, though, about Region 3 and U.S. soccer. They're really firm about those dates. You don't think there's going to be any wiggle room whatsoever? To uh, they told us this morning, I was on a conference call at 11 o'clock uh, our time this morning, that because of the volume is not the word, because of the size of the events, um, they can't pick them up and move them to other weekends, uh, hotels and other arrangements that have been made. Um but, I mean, just in terms of simply looking forward to that, you know, how one would qualify for that is different. But you're also thinking of, okay, that's an awful lot of travel to one place, which is one of the big things that is being frowned upon right now. So, yes. yeah, you know, that's three months from now. But, you know, we're being awfully optimistic, and perhaps it will be that way. But we're being mighty optimistic to assume that, travel will be back to normal for a regional president's cup and, and Southern regional championships, uh, in mid June. Um, I hope that's the case, but you know, I don't, I don't have a way to see how that's going to, 
to play out until we we get some more information and and get some better information um in our state and when i say better i mean uh, you know what was it 130 uh positives in louisiana so far and a huge number of those in new orleans that's that's not those aren't good numbers so we'll we got to get on the other side of those numbers before we start talking about heading to dallas and greenville south carolina um in june in my opinion but you know right. that's still june and we're we're only in march so hopefully things will things will improve with um some of the steps that we're taking now. Well, so far the edicts have been really good and timely, and I'm sure if if it prolongs, you know, a lot longer than everybody thinks, like beyond April 13th, they'll they'll have to do something that has some common sense attached to it, even if it's just to adjust the tournament to more teams. You know, uh, I'm yeah, I mean, that's um, I'm sure that's on the table. Um, we've been told that we'll have weekly conference calls um, on Monday, so they can update us on things as other situations develop so this will be the kind of stuff that um we'll be sharing with with members once we get um better information from them and understand that some of them they talk about meeting on a daily basis but they're also you know self-quarantining so when i say they're meeting they're they're meeting virtually and they're still they're still working but um you know we're, we're all just trying to um do what we can right now. We know that there's a lot of things up in the air and a lot of people want to know what's going to happen. And and a lot of times my best answer to some of them when they've asked me is, well, I'd like to know what's going to happen too. (laughs) And, you know, we're just kind of waiting to to be told where to go, what to do, whether that's professionally for schools or um, for the the soccer community as well. We're, We're kind of waiting to see what's going to happen. And I'm sure if you asked U.S. youth and U.S. soccer, um, U.S. Soccer canceled four international friendlies. Uh, that's an expensive decision for them to have made. Yes. And so when they do something like that, that also catches your attention um, to say, wow, so they, they did that. And they shut down their DA events and everything. So, you know, this is not something that um, they say, well, why are we doing this when these other guys have, stopped, have, have kept going right now? You know, yeah. We are at a standstill. Well, I think, too, all of us in Louisiana, especially southeastern Louisiana, can put this way into perspective. To me, this is nothing compared to Katrina and all the way the way our lives were uprooted, you know, way back in that time period, you know. So we'll be able to endure this. Yeah, I think so. I mean, it's, it's what, that's what we do. Um, it's just a matter of just, I guess, the comparison, though, with Katrina is you wanted to know when was I going to be able to go home. Um, yes. So here's, here's the opposite opposite of that right when am i gonna be able to leave my home <laughs> and and go and go out and that's that's uh something that we don't know the answer for that yet you know the, we'll see what things do that's why when we did our initial suspension was we wanted to go through the weekend because we knew the weekend was probably gonna be part of a bigger picture but we wanted to have more answers when we sent things out as opposed to just saying look we're gonna stop and I'll let you know so at least we're trying to give a few answers, and then we also let people above us make some decisions that it was easier to make one for us when we were to sit here and say, well, how long should we shut things down for? Well, while we said during the weekend we took off, the governor shut down schools till April 13th. <laughs> um, you know, USU soccer had shut down the, the regional conferences for the National League, um, and so many other things happened to where you said, well, of course we're going to shut down for this long because... 
everybody else is shut down. It'll be cool. Of course, we're going to shut down because we're not supposed to have gatherings with this many people in them. And we can't have a state tournament where you have fewer than, at the time, the governor was saying 250 and the CDC said 50. And today, the president's suggesting 10. So, I mean, when you're dealing with those kind of numbers, right. obviously, we're not going to be able to have the kind of events that we're talking about because we're used to having an awful lot of people together there. So we'll, uh, that was the, the benefit to, to doing the initial suspension. And then by the time we came out today, we said, well, here's the stuff. But, you know, realistically speaking, I don't think anybody was saying, well, wow, I, I thought we were going to do something this evening. So we're, we're just trying to keep everybody as informed as we can. And again, I think it's been good that U.S. Youth has been doing some of the conference calls and trying to engage us. Uh, U.S. Soccer, U.S. Adult Soccer have been really good about communicating and trying to make sure that we just encourage everybody to follow what is being recommended for everybody. Um, you know, we can't stress that enough. You know, now is not the time to say we're okay and we're all going to be okay. So let's go off and do whatever we would like to do. You know, we, we don't want to, we want to see innovative things posted online of what you've done in your backyard, and how you've done some individual work. Um, we, don't want to hear about how we all triumphed over adversity and we all met in some vacant lot and had a team training session. That's This is not the time. You, you want to be able to say, stay home, um, find some other things to do to, to stay fit mentally as well as physically and just take care of your of yourself um, in this time. Well, I hope you and, by taking, and by taking care of ourselves, we're taking care of our neighbors and those people who need us. Amen. I mean, I'm hoping that y'all not going to need to police any activity. I think common sense hopefully should kick in, even if people are, you know, uh, focused on the result. Uh, still, it's not like everybody else is going to be working. I mean, this is a time for all of us just really to um, to just back down and, and use, like I said before, some common sense that there's things bigger than soccer here going on. Um, absolutely. Like I said, that's just that's it. Now, there's, there's only so many different times you can hear from so many different people to say. Stay at home, and this is a disruption to our daily routines, and we just have to do what we can We can do. So now's the time to stay at home and keep abreast of the situation, take care of yourselves, and you take care of yourself, and you take care of, of the people that um, need our help to be taken care of. It's great that the schools are providing some, you know, some lunches to people who need those and, and things like that, so it's good to see us coming together for that. Like you said, use some common sense, and if you don't need to go do something, uh, don't go do it. Okay, so obviously, coaching education ODP has been put on hold as well. Um, is that going to really put a big bind on y'all? No, I mean, I will say it's a good time to do some of the online stuff for anybody who's ever wanted to become a soccer referee. The oh, online yeah. portion of the soccer referee exam is available to anybody who's looking for things to do at home. So you can do that. We've got some online coaching education components that can be done. We're just on a holding pattern in terms of um, being able to do the field work, um, obviously. But it's a good time to get started on, like I said, things like the soccer referee exam. Um, whenever we get back on the field, that situation is not going to have changed. We need more people willing to be a soccer referee. So this is a good time to sit down take the online soccer referee exam and be ready for it whenever we're all back on the field to be able to take the field test. And then you know, it's a good source of uh, some side income 
Um, for those of us who are maybe looking to see what else they can do to stay engaged in the game, if we're finished playing or if you're finished coaching or something like that, um, ODP. Now, it, the unfortunate thing for ODP is this was the first year of U.S. youth trying their new uh, system format. Um, and so we had to hit the pause button in the middle of seeing how that was going to go. Um, there's a little bit more uncertainty with that just because we're not sure how that's going to emerge whenever everybody uh, gets back playing again. And, and part of that is the whole interstate nature of ODP involving people from lots of different states. And you might have um, some states that are more ready to get involved in competition than others. Understood. Okay, well, when the couple of minutes we have left, you have the microphone. Anything you want to say to everybody uh, in the state? No, I mean, I, and I think we appreciate the, the support that we've had. Our member clubs have been great in terms of providing us some feedback and um, letting us know what's on their minds. And, you know, as I said, we're, we're always trying to think about the, the kids, uh, the adults who play for us, the coaches, the members. So we're going to keep doing that as best we can. And we hope everybody continues to stay safe, stay healthy, be well. And we are looking forward to seeing everybody back on the fields whenever we're, we're able to do that. So, you know, we, we appreciate um, everyone's interest and enthusiasm. And we hope we come back with a better level of enthusiasm and interest whenever we're able to get back out there. Well, look, Louisiana has been a beneficiary of your leadership, and uh, we've always been uh, the better off for it. And this week is another example of how great a job you're doing. Thanks for all you do, Coach Esker. All right. Thank you. Appreciate what you do. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, everybody, and that was Coach Sean Esker, and I always call him Coach because uh, he was just in the state finals a couple of weeks ago in Hammond. Uh, it's one of the greatest game plans I've ever seen, uh, and uh, he wound up falling short against North Shore. We kind of talked about that in a few episodes before, but it's nice that you got a, got a guy in charge of the soccer association who's also in the trenches with us, you know? So anyway, um, we're going to go take a break, and we'll come back. We're going to talk to... Another guy that I think a lot of us need to take take a really good look at in uh, as a role model, okay? And that's Holy Cross's coach, Stu Hayes. We'll be right back on Monday Night Football, your voice for youth soccer. When we come back, we're going to be talking to Holy Cross's uh, coach, Stuart Harris, is, uh, uh, who's just had a remarkable run at Holy Cross. Uh, and he's somebody that I think young coaches really should look as, uh, to as a role model. Monday Night Football. We'll see you after the break. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Monday Night Football. And we're honored to have on our show tonight, uh, Coach Stuart Hare is on the show. Coach, uh, welcome, welcome back aboard. Thank you for having me, Alan. I appreciate it. Okay. Uh, it's been a long road since you've been in Louisiana. And every place that you've touched has been really uh, affected positively. And we really thank you for your service down here. And uh, what, what uh, like this the first thing I have to ask you is what attracts you to Louisiana so much? Because you could be coaching anywhere. Well, again, I appreciate that. So I, I actually came to um, New Orleans to play in, in, the, in the PDL um, back when the city had a team called the Shell Shockers. So I was playing in college in Florida. And I got asked to come and play in the PDO. That was back in 2006. Um, so I came down for a summer and just fell in love with the place, really enjoyed 
playing in the city and you know taking in all the things that the city has to offer over the summer then I went back to school finished off my my playing career and my degrees and then um, I was given the opportunity to come back to to the area as the head coach of the Baton Rouge Capitals another PDL franchise that was back in 2010 so I obviously jumped at the opportunity to be coaching at that that sort of a level and then again just can't get enough of the city really so here I am well, uh, and then you decided to go uh, to Holy Cross and been the architect of uh, just an amazing program. Uh, the the proof's in the pudding. You've had three state championships in a row, and you're the director of coaching operations. Um, what is that like to like to be just in charge of operations as opposed to being the head coach uh, in charge of everything on the sidelines? Um, yeah, it's a slightly unique situation, I guess. Um, I'm very fortunate to be able to work with some of the best coaches, I think, in the area. So I've had a couple of head coaches that have worked um, under my direction, if you like. So Coach Matt Millette, who is the who is the, really the architect of the, of the three state titles. Um, then Luke Sheiky before him, uh, who was another big-time big, big time coach here that went on to coach in, in university. Um, so being able to have people like that in your, in your program takes a lot, of the, a lot of the pressure off you. But I knew I wanted to stay over the entire program because at Holy Cross, we, we are fifth grade all the way through 12. So um, initially, I started my coaching career at Holy Cross with the middle school teams. I really felt connected to those kids. I certainly didn't want to turn my back on them. So when I took over the reins of the entire program, I wanted to make sure that I was still in touch with those kids. And I don't think you can do that if you are going to be a full-time head coach of a varsity program because, you know, you train every day and all those sorts of things. So. Okay, and so does your heart ever tug you uh, to go back on, on the sidelines of, of uh, varsity? Well, I am on the sidelines in that um, I'm there with Coach Matt. Um, he takes the training sessions. He he picks the team. I'm always there just to offer my my support. And, you know, it's always nice to have someone to kind of bounce ideas off. Um, there will be times when I have to take training if he has other, other commitments and stuff. So it's very much a relationship between the two of us. Um, but he is the guy who has the final say, and that's been that's been something that me and him have. We've, it, it took a long time to kind of work out that relationship, you know, allow him the autonomy to do whatever he wanted to do with the varsity program, and it, obviously that's paid off. He's he's one of the, if not the best, the best coach in the in the area, and I think he's he's done wonderful things for us. Okay, uh, so for all of us here, build programs, okay, what kind of advice would you give uh, a person who's, let's say, going, like, for example, there's some listeners here who are going to try to start actually developing that 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 uh, that team that y'all ran into in the third round, McKinley. All right, what kind of advice would you have for people like that if they want to de- develop a program, not just a good team? Well, I think, like anything, it's all about it's all about the base of the pyramid. You know, you need to make sure that you have a good number of kids that are willing and able to play at your program at the long uh, at the younger age groups. Um, so I make it a, a thing to make sure that my varsity players all come out to support our middle school teams when they're playing in their playoffs. I make sure that I'm at as many things as I possibly can. Otherwise, they, I think the kids in those younger grades don't really feel like it's a program. They they feel like until they get to that varsity level, they're not really thought of. So if you want to build a program, you need to make sure that 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 the base of the pyramid is as, is as big as possible. And then, you know, you you can really start to put out a good product on the field once you get to that that varsity level. And it's the same across any sports. We have the same issue now at, at Holy Cross with a few of the other sports who are looking to kind of jump on the 
on the bandwagon of having a director and because they've seen that it's been relatively successful with the soccer program. And I think as a, as a head coach, you need to make sure that you have someone in place that is going to be visible to those younger age groups. Well, no slight to Coach Millette, but a lot of us here, we we know that your fingerprints totally on on the uh, the success of Holy Cross, and it had to take a lot of humility because you are a professional level coach. Uh, but you, so your love for New Orleans really is what overshadowed your uh, your ambition as a coach to just continue to move on in the PDL and uh, in the NPSL. Uh, I mean ambition. So. I know that you're the same way because you're also a teacher. So I get to teach at Holy Cross as well. So I get a, I get a lot more satisfaction out of making a positive impact on their on their lives, both on and, on and off the field. So if I really wanted to push the coaching thing, maybe I could have made some different life decisions. But um, I met my beautiful wife in New Orleans. She's a, a native from here. She actually worked at Holy Cross as well. I now have a daughter um, because of that relationship. I mean, I don't think I would change anything that I've done. I did coach in college for a little while before I came here. Um, but to me, being just being part of part of a program, part of a community, is a lot more important than than chasing money because we all know that there's not too much of that in in our profession. And uh, you know, on our show, you know, we've been we've not been uh, we've not held our tongue when it comes to people who come across the pond who are just you know taking advantage of where they're coming from and trying to make as many uh, dollars as possible before they get discovered that they're mediocre at best. And uh, you're you're the shining example of the opposite of that. And uh, what do you say to people when you when you discover that there's somebody coaching next to you that that made that long trip across here but really is incompetent? Um, what do you say to those people? I'm sorry, let me just understand this. So what do I say to the people that are... Well, what do you think about, about people who come in and uh, they, they really shouldn't be on the sidelines? Um, uh, Americans, Americans, anybody, you know, Argentinians, just people who are on the sidelines barking out commands, whatever, that, that are really not benefiting the kids whatsoever. You know, is there any way to stop that, you think? Well, I think it's a... A, it's a very hard profession. So um, there are different styles of of teachers and coaches. I, I wouldn't look look down my nose at, at any of them. I've coached against people that are very hands-on. I've coached against people that have a very negative attitude maybe during a game, but are a lot more positive um, off the field. I've seen coaches who will roll out and, and, and get there one minute before the training session starts and leave one minute after the training session starts, I've seen coaches who are way too involved with parents and, 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 and players and put themselves into precarious positions. I, there's so many different ways that you can coach. I don't think anything I do is anything special. I certainly don't think it's the necessarily the correct way to do things. It, uh, I would never look down my nose at anyone who's prepared to be a coach. I, it's one of the hardest things that, that you can do. You, you take your work home with you every single day. Um, you know, you worry about are you giving enough kids playing time? Are you having a, a, a positive impact on their life? So I think it's okay for anyone to try and give it a go. But if you're if you're in it for for money or for glory, you're, you're definitely in the wrong wrong profession. Only one team ever win a state title each year. You know, you you're never going to get paid handsomely for it. So you definitely need to be in it for the right reason. 
and uh, your 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 life screams that that you know you are in it for the right reason, and and uh, the proof's in the pudding. And it's always nice when I was inter- when I was interviewing the kids after the state championship game. You know, you could have had your 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 face in the camera too, but you know, you saw yourself as 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 the director of the coaching program and and the and the program itself. And anybody who would. Uh, have their ego ahead of themselves would have taken a full advantage of that limelight. And I just can't tell you how impressed I am with the way that, uh, uh, you're focused on the kids and, and the community. And, and I know there's really nothing you could say about that, uh, but I just want to tell you publicly how much we appreciate what you're doing. And, uh, and I think that really the results are, are magnanimous, not just, not just good. You know, it's obvious when you watch any of the Holy Cross teams play, how well coached they are. Well, I, I certainly really appreciate that, but I think all all I can really be be given the credit for is hiring hiring people like Luke and Matt, and I've got some wonderful coaches at the middle school levels as well that are ensuring that the kids are learning the right things and being given the right messages. So, it, I, I can assure you, I'm a very small small part of of a successful program. Coach Matt deserves all all the credit for the style of play and um and those three state titles. I just I, I guess I'll take the credit for being the one that, that hired him and brought him on board. So, Okay, okay. Well, look, you have an interesting perspective because you grew up uh, in England. And uh, what do you think America has to do to get at the European level? That that uh, right now you're starting to get older and, and you're doing the best you can in your trenches. But uh, is there anything that U.S. soccer you think she needs to be doing better? That's a wonderful question. That's a wonderful question. For me, um, I think the coaching education needs to be a lot cheaper. Um, and more readily available. I think there's no doubt that America has the talent. Um, even in Louisiana, I've seen some kids. I have a couple of kids on my 2008 team that are easily good enough to go over to England and compete with some of those kids that have been playing um, in those academies over there. But I think there there really comes a time where they run out of high quality coaches. And um, I think when you're charging people $10,000 to go and do their a license and B license. It's something which kind of ruins it for a lot of people because how many people can really afford to do that? If you go to some European uh, countries, you're going to find that those licenses are going to be slightly better and a hell of a lot cheaper. So until we really can work out how to how to get more people involved on the coaching side, I don't think America will ever be able to compete at that national at international level. Um, but you certainly have the players to do it even in these small little areas like Louisiana, where soccer is not really considered to be a, a powerhouse sport. I mean, we definitely have the talent. It's just about nurturing it. Have you been able to attract kids at Holy Cross that wouldn't have played soccer otherwise uh, and, and get to, and pique their interest to come out and just see what it's all about? Um, I, I would say the Holy Cross program is probably at a point now where most of our kids are playing year-round, um, which is quite unusual for high school. Um, so I wouldn't say we really get to attract too many kids that are there just as regular students. Now, I'm sure there have been kids that um, have seen the success of the program and have decided to come to Holy Cross, um, not only because of soccer, but I'm sure that's been something which has um, helped help them make a, a final decision. Uh, obviously, the school's a great academic school and, and those sorts of things as well. Um, but I don't know if we really attract kids that aren't involved in soccer. That's that's a really hard thing to do. We have a very good football team and basketball team and baseball team, and those guys do an awesome job as well. So 
usually if you're there for one sport, that's the sport you tend to stick to. Understood. But do you think in America, we're putting our best athletes on the field, on the soccer field, football field? No, there's no, there's uh, I, I wouldn't think that at all. But at the same time, I think soccer is a is a game that requires a slightly different skill set. I think it's something that maybe you need to develop at a younger age. Um, I mean, I can give you there. There are a lot of examples of kids at Holy Cross that are multi sport athletes that are extremely successful wrestling, football. Um, and I don't think those. I think it's a lot easier to transition from being on the offensive line of a football team and then going into the resting room. Those sorts of things kind of um, help each other out. Whereas if you if you want to be a high-level soccer player, I think soccer probably needs to be your your one and only sport. Maybe cross-country and track, those sorts of things lend themselves to a, to a soccer player. But it's very hard to be a, a multi-sport athlete and be a phenomenal soccer player unless maybe you're a kicker on a football team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> How many of those have you had to coach? I've had a couple. Of, actually, I've had some really good ones as well. So Nolan Heitmeyer last year was a phenomenal kicker for the football team. He was a very good player for me um, in the soccer program. He uh, he won it last year as a senior. He was one of our one of our leaders, and he's a uh, he's actually playing now. In, he 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 kicks in college. Um, awesome NCAA. So yeah, he's doing very well. Awesome, awesome. I know you've had the same thing. Well, I don't know if I've got my kickers where they need to be at that level. Heitmeyer was a special talent, and uh, yeah, I'm was. working on it. Eager. <laughs> <laughs> well, look, you got the microphone. You got the whole state listening. Anything else you want to say to everybody from Shreveport on down? Uh, just how impressed I am with the state as a whole, and how far the how far the, you know the, I think the game of soccer is karma. Met some wonderful people, wonderful coaches and players and stuff, and I. I look forward to being welcomed for as long as I, I plan to stay here, which is as as long as you guys will have me. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, I can tell you uh, probably that'll be for 40 or 50 more years. I think it's more on the balls in your court. How much longer can we keep you here? But uh, having a kid and a, and a wife from New Orleans area, that gives us a leg up. So hopefully we're going to see well, you for years to come. There you go. Yes, sir. <laughs> well, I'll be here. Uh, Okay, good. Well, Coach, thanks for taking your free time out, and uh, I wish you all the best as you continue to develop soccer in, in this area. Thank you for everything, Alan. I appreciate that. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. All right, everybody. That was Coach Stuart Hayers, and uh, and I tell you, uh, uh, it took me some time. Um, when he first came into town and uh, – you know, we were kind of like nose to nose with soccer innovations and he was in charge of uh, what was then Plantation Athletic Club. And a lot of our teams played each other a lot and we were on ourselves up being on the sidelines at the same time. And it just I started realizing after time went on that this guy really, really, really knows what he's doing. He is his approach to how the game's taught, how the how the kids warm up, how the kids are organized. Um, is quite impressive, you know, and um, and then to couple with the humility that he has to be able to give the programs to other coaches and direct them from the back and to make the game go forward, um, especially he's still a young man, you know. I would consider that to be something an older man would do, but to have that kind of humility and uh, and vision of the game, uh, to be able to hand it off to the next generation, and and uh, is is more than impressive to me. And um, uh, anyway, I just wanted to give him some time on the show since uh, you know this is the only voice that we have in Louisiana consistently week in work out uh, to have a chance to um, 
to at least be recognized for that because if it's up to him, he'll never be recognized at all, which, again, um, from my point of view, is, is immensely impressive. Anyway, that's going to be it. I hope all y'all stay healthy. I'm fighting a fever right now. My wife's got a fever, and uh, we're quarantined. And I, I certainly hope that uh, all y'all can sidestep getting sick. Um, and if you can't, just hang in there, okay? Uh, we'll get through this. And I would say this this is a good opportunity to, if you're a coach or a teacher, to modernize yourself. If you're a player, to reinvigorate yourself, you know, to, missing this game for a month is going to is gonna show you how much you love it and how much it's going to be gone when, when, when your time is up. But like, I, I can't tell you how many times I've seen seniors weep on the sidelines after their last game is over, you know, knowing that they would never play competitive soccer again. So uh, let this reinvigorate you. It's modernizing me as a teacher and a coach. Okay, uh, uh, I've really, I'm really uh, enjoying that. I'm sorry for that uh, for that uh, um, interruption, but everything's going around me so fast. And I start teaching online tomorrow. I've never done that before, and I'm looking forward to it in many ways. And and so we just keep taking one step forward, but. The health of the kids is the number one uh, concern, and I thank Coach Eskert for coming on the show and reiterating all that for us as well. And so hopefully we'll be on the air next week. Um, there's As long as the world is spinning, soccer's going on. Even if we're taking a break, uh, soccer can't stop. It's just too big of an animal. And uh, and we're going to be there to keep you uh, at least abreast of what's going on with youth soccer on Monday Night Football, your voice of youth soccer. Uh, take some time maybe help us with the show uh, if you can. Uh, but if not, no big deal. Um, we're only here through the grace of God. Uh, may God bless you and your families. I hope that y'all stay healthy. Um, and we'll hopefully see you next week on Monday Night Football. Take care. Carpe diem in Christ. Thank you.